0: The following is a Hoop Ball presentation. Hello, and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today Podcast. I am your host, Mike Impatria, joined by my good buddy, Harris Carmani. We're here to break down this wonderful Sunday slate for you guys. It is June 13th. we got two playoff games to talk about. Coming off of uh, a, little, a little bit of an underwhelming game last night, but at least we got to see the series continue, and I think that's, uh, that's always a positive if you're a net basketball fan. So looking forward to this, man. But Harris, how are you, my friend? It's been an entire week. How was your week?
1: Ah, can't complain not so bad weather keeps getting nicer the basketball keeps getting chippier and the euros also get going so there's just a lot of great things to do as far as a sports fan is concerned so lots to get into lots to enjoy it's been a good week so give me a random question of course but who doesn't like to start off a
0: podcast with a random question <laughs> what is what would you say is the best thing you have eaten the most delectable thing you've eaten since we last spoke over the last week what was your favorite food? Maybe it was a place you you went or something you made yourself, but what was the best thing you've eaten over the last week?
1: Fair. Actually, it's an interesting question to ask because it's probably something I've been addicted to for the last uh, couple of weeks now. So there's this one uh, Japanese place that's uh, about 20 minutes away from my place where they make, I mean, essentially it's a poke bowl, but they go ahead and uh, make it with such fresh ingredients that it's just been absolutely killing me in all the different ways that i can go ahead and customize it so i've been having it with eel been having it with some tempura shrimp some chicken all the way mixed with tons and tons of different vegetables and sauces so that bowl which at least makes me feel like i'm eating something healthy when i'm not doing other stuff and now it's just a just a great combination of fresh ingredients and i love myself some japanese cuisine so 100 been my best thing
0: i love it man I, i i don't think i can have the stomach for eel uh i'm not adventurous I'm not much of a seafood guy in general. I know Mm. it's very bland of me, but uh, there's very, you know, I'll have shrimp. I'll have, you know, like I'm Italian, half Italian. So I'll have the crab sauce here and there. I'll do some scallops, stuff like that. But the eel is too adventurous for me, man. One day uh, I might find myself trying it, but I don't know. I'm a big Japanese food guy. I like, I like, uh, I love hibachi. When they cook it right in front of you, I'm like a little kid when that happens. I get all excited. They make the onion train and do the steam, and I'm, I'm jumping on the table, like, stomping, excited, waiting for my <laughs> sake. Uh, nonetheless, I, yeah, I, I can't go for some good Japanese food, man. I like a good poke bowl hole in there, but it won't have, uh, won't have eel in it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anything that good. Nothing, nothing exciting over here, man. I've had the house to myself, so it has just been continuous fast food for, like, five days straight. Girlfriend's been down in Texas. Uh, looking at some things for us so i have been just eating wendy's burger king popeyes i just have a cycle it's disgusting and i love it but let's let's jump into this enough of our enough of our hangry food cravings we have a game <laughs> yeah, to get bite
1: into the slate instead <laughs>
0: yeah yeah we got a game to get to uh first game on the docket but before we do quick shout out to our presenting sponsor my book you guys thought i wasn't going to do that but no just in case we have any new listeners who may have not already used that fantastic promo code on their initial deposit over at MyBookie, head over there. And where you're heading is MyBookie.ag. Promo code is Hoopball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. No. <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. Now, what does that do? That gets you a 50% deposit match on up to $1,000. So you put in $1,000, they will give you $500 for free to play with in any way, shape, or form that you choose to do it, whether you want to head over to their fully-fledged casino platform or you want to head over there for some MLB or NBA action. Any way, shape, or form you choose to do it, you can do it over at mybookie.ag, promo code HOOPBALL. First game of the day, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. We have the Brooklyn Nets. We have the Milwaukee Bucks. This game's going to be taking place in Milwaukee for the Nets. Spencer Dinwiddie, get this out. But they're saying he's a chance he could still come back during this playoff. So... Uh, keep an eye on Spencer Dinwiddie later in, these, in, these, uh, in the playoffs, but Jeff Green is questionable. Still dealing with the plantar fasciitis. I'd be surprised if he suits up. James Harden has been ruled out. Dante DiVincenzo, Jordan Nuora, both out for the Bucks. This game's coming in at a 229 game total. Brooklyn being favored by two points. Both spreads for the day, two points, but this one has the higher game total. I will pass it over to you, Harris. Talk about this away, team, for me. Break down some of the Brooklyn Nets
1: absolutely and first of all I want to throw it out there in that I absolutely do not believe this total today like it's the last game which was an absolute grinded out affair I feel like Milwaukee has found that that is going to be their only potential chance of trying to keep themselves alive in the series try to beat up the Nets as much as possible PJ Tucker got absolutely into it throughout with Kevin Durant and I expect more of that so you know just as a side thing I do believe this will be a lower scoring game than it otherwise seems but What that does mean is that we're going to get to see a lot more of pretty much that three-headed monster as far as the Brooklyn Nets are concerned, which, you know, obviously you have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie Irving coming there, but the nice wrinkle to all of this has been Bruce Brown, who's pretty much moved into that shooting guard role in the absence of James Harden. But more so than that, they just like shoving him all over the floor. They pretty much had him at center last game as well, and he ended up racking up 11 boards. And for a guy who's been... You know, only 6'4", as far as height's concerned. For 4,700, he has become pretty much the most, uh, I guess, responsible and reliable rotation guy for the Brooklyn Nets. So, you know, it's a guy I've been looking a lot into. I'm finding him in a lot of my lineups. And 100%, he's going to be there. Of course, you can't forget about the Kevin Durant factor of it all. 10,300, which is funny to me because it's actually his uh, salary being depressed from the last game where he dropped 61 DK points. But, you know... You know what you're going to get from Kevin Durant. You ask him if he's going to be back, he asks you if it's a real question. (laughs) The reality of it is Kevin Durant is going to be the alpha and the omega as far as the offense is concerned. He's been asked to do a lot more defensively as well as things have gone on. He's been racking up stocks consistently all the way through. And for a team and a slate in general where there's just not too many, I'd say, value plays, but a lot of mid-tier plays to be able to make it up you're going to have to have that one stud. And for me, it's either Kevin Durant or later on in the Denver side, the other one. So those are really the the major ones. There's obviously little small picks here and there, depending on how you think the game would go. I do think that perhaps we're going to get to see a little bit more of Mike James for his 3,900. Uh, he's kind of been depressed in his minutes for the last two games, but I think they found that he did quite well in his first two home games there. And I am feeling we're going to get to see a little bit more of him there. So in GPP scenarios for 3,900, I'm going to have a sniff of him as well.
0: Can't fault you. Uh, I can't fault you there at all. Mike James is actually one of the guys I had starred as uh, one of my like contrarian GPP plays. I think a lot of people are probably going to go back to uh, Bruce Brown and wouldn't blame me, rightfully so. I think both these guys are solid options, nice little ancillary pieces if you want to you know, load up on some of these other big guys. Like you said, I think Durant's a fantastic play. Obviously, I prefer him over Kyrie, and the price tags reflect that. Uh, honestly, I don't see myself getting with too much Kyrie Irving at all, Just mm. not the way that my builds are initially going. And I don't obviously like the matchup either. Uh, it's a great pace, all that. I don't think Kyrie's usage is going to be, you know, faulted at all. I think he's going to get the shot with him, so I think he has a very good chance of meeting value. Just don't like to pick on Drew Holiday. Um, when I have other options I can spend up on who aren't going against a guy like Drew Holiday, that's probably the, the way I'll go. So I'm with you. Durant, top option on this team. I don't mind getting some shares of Blake Griffin as long as he's going to be playing 30+. plus. He's been pretty much hitting that 5x value for the most part of this series, even in that first game. Uh, overperform, so I don't mind going back to the well there. And then, like I said, I'll look at some uh, I'll look at some Mike James and I think I'll look at some some Bruce Brown as well. And it's worth noting, uh, Joe Harris's price tag starting to get down there as well. He's only 5,500, he hasn't been shooting the ball all so well over the last two games. In fact, uh, only shot, I believe, one of 11 in the last one, one of seven from deep. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you know, dismiss a good bounce back game from Harris? We've talked about it throughout the season. Best way to attack Milwaukee is from that three point line, very vulnerable out there. So, uh, Pretty decent price tag and wouldn't mind a good bounce back. I don't want to say, you know, five, five nets are guys that I'm looking at because that's not optimal, but those are the guys I'm keeping my player pool. And I think I'll, I'll be mixing and matching some, some Joe Harris in there as well, but we will slide over to the other side of the ball, the Milwaukee side of the ball. I think I got a lot more interest on this side of the ball, my man, but I'll I'll pass it over to you. Let me get your thoughts on Milwaukee before I take over.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a more interesting side of things, especially kind of seeing how the rotations and really the offense is playing out. I mean, they set an NBA record, 79% of their total points coming in between Giannis and Chris Middleton in the last one. So 100% showing exactly where the offense is coming from. That being said, I haven't been all that impressed with how Giannis has been playing throughout the series. I feel like he's uh, once again getting into that little bit of a bubble in which he doesn't know what to do as far as his bag is concerned once the Wall comes in front of him when he has to start playmaking. He's been struggling. On the other hand, Chris Middleton, who has become pretty much my favorite mid-tier guy almost throughout the season, but it's just one of those where, especially at home versus away where he's actually shooting 50% in this postseason versus 37% away from home, dropped outside of the one blowout game, has been above 48 DK points in the two playoff games that he's played at home. the big guy that I'm looking for as far as my small forward side is concerned. That mid-tier play who absolutely killed it the last game. 56.75 DK points. Got 25 shot attempts. I don't expect anything to be different whatsoever as far as that offense is concerned. They require him to be their primary shot maker. But those ancillary pieces that you're talking about, uh, my favorite ancillary piece of them all as far as Milwaukee is concerned has been Brooke Lopez. One, because of the fact that He's 100% been the anchor of the defense as far as it's concerned. And his price tag never seems to change, even though he's pretty much hit 5x value in about 60% of his games in the postseason so far. But he's actually at his pretty much lowest as far as 4,400 is concerned. So 100% one of my favorite guys. It's kind of been an interesting wrinkle as far as his game's concerned because he's moved from what used to be an absolutely dominant paint presence throwback uh, in the post killing it to an outside three-point specialist. And now he's kind of stepped back into that post-domination role, even though he averaged about four to five three-point attempts a game throughout the regular season. He's only eclipsed that once so far in these playoffs. So it's been kind of an interesting turnaround where he's gone back to kind of his bag as far as the paint is concerned. He's been dominating in there. And in the last game, he kind of showed you his upside as far as blocks are concerned. So it's just one of those things where, even though he may not be scoring as much as he was before, it's just a great spot to be able to get him some value. And the other area of kind of minimum where I'm actually half interested only because of the minutes that he gets and I do think he'll eventually start to hit some of those corner threes is P.J. Tucker at 3,200. It's just been one of those where, you know, you talk about rock solid playoff guys who are essentially meant for this format rather than the regular season. He just has been shooting absolutely balls. He hasn't been hitting anything, only hit one three so far in this series, but the minutes will just continue to be there. He'll continue to be the primary defender on Kevin Durant. And he's always been one of those guys that can get you sneaky value as far as stocks are concerned. And it's just kind of been lacking out there. So if we're talking contrarian plays, PJ is someone that I have interest in as well.
0: Yeah, and let's be real. Anytime we play PJ Tucker, don't ever expect the the light the world on fire. He'll have like one or two of those thirty-five DK point games, I feel like, per season. And if you hit him on one of those, you're gonna be you're gonna be cashing, you know, riding home to the bank, but uh, they're few and far in between, like you said, the usage it's abysmal. He doesn't take a lot of shot attempts. If he does, it's those standing in the corner, three pointers, or maybe he gets like a put back here and there. His primary role is going to be defending Kevin Durant, uh, getting under his skin, running around, spending a lot of that time on defense, a lot of the energy on defense, using up his fouls as, as often as he could, I'm sure. Uh, but nonetheless, if you need that dumpster dive price tag, if it means that you're getting, you know, three studs in there, then yeah, sure. He's not going to, you know, ever, uh, destroy you necessarily, but he has a little bit of that upside in there. So I'm with you. I like some PJ Tucker. You touched on Brooke Lopez. Uh I've touched on him, I think, at the beginning of the series. I think he's going to be the biggest X factor in this series. And he's been playing great. Um, you know, only three points in that last one. I don't expect him to have six blocks every game, but just goes to show you that he has a couple things in his bag. He has a different uh avenue to getting to his points every single game. He can do it in blocks. He could do it with threes. He could do it in the paint, like you mentioned. Never going to be the biggest rebounder on the team. That's always kind of been his knock, but uh, he can get it done with five, six, seven rebounds here and there, too. So absolutely love Brooke Lopez. And you touched on Giannis and Middleton. I think both these guys are absolutely fantastic options. Uh, Giannis did get caught uh, pretty much looking like he had no moves in his bag. I think everybody's <laughs> see, everybody seen that clip going around on Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, with that being said, I saw what I needed to see from Giannis in order to be okay with spending up on that price tag. And I touched on it. Why Mike Budenholzer is the, one of the worst coaches in the NBA – and he must have heard me because Giannis came out and played 44 minutes. And if you're giving Giannis 44 minutes, sign me up. I don't care how bad his bag is. I don't care how bad he is at shooting. I don't care how many free throw violations he gets. If he's playing 44 minutes, this dude averages on the season like 1.5 DK points per minute. <laughs> uh, the only thing that's ever held Giannis back from getting as many 60 burgers is like guys like Luka and guys like Harden and all these in the the minutes, he was playing like 33 minutes a game during the regular season. You're giving him an extra 11 minutes. That's an extra quarter of the game uh, for Giannis, pretty much. So sign me up. I'm good with that. I don't care. I'll pay it. I'll pay it for Middleton as well. If these guys are going to be playing 40-plus, which it seems like from here on out for the rest of the series, I imagine that they will, uh, especially knowing that, hey, guess what? You played your best guys 40-plus minutes, and you won a game. Go figure. Who who would have <laughs> saw that coming? Uh, nobody but me. Uh, I, I like both these guys. I don't. I would even mind sprinkling in some holiday. He's probably, you know, I think with most people the third option out of those two guys. But Giannis, top tier option. He's my favorite stud on the slate. I am going to pay for him. I'm going to in lineups where I don't pay for him. I'm making sure I have Middleton as the as my hedge, and I probably have Lopez in all of them. I, I might just roll out 100% Lopez at that price tag. I just think that's a fantastic price tag. Even if he doesn't hit that five x, he's not missing it by more than a point or two. Uh, so I'll take that one off the chin, but I expect him to get to that 25 point mark, giving me about a six to six and a half X return on him. So that's it for me. I'll be looking at a ton of Giannis, a ton of Lopez. I'll hedge my bets with some Middleton where I'm not playing Giannis. Probably won't get to too, too much holiday. And I'll sprinkle in a P.J. Tucker share when I need it for value. That's a mouthful. I feel like I need to uh, I need a sip of water, but I'll wait till I, I pass it off to you. We'll get to the next game now, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. We have the Phoenix Suns traveling to Denver. They are taking on the Nuggets for the injury report. P.J. Dozier, Jamal Murray both rolled out. Just Abdul Nader for the Suns. He has been out, and he'll continue to be out. 2.21 and a half game total. I think it actually just went up since we started the podcast. Uh, I believe it did. I think it went up about a half point. point. And yeah, is, is, You got 2.22 now over there? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it did go up. Uh, and then we have Phoenix, like I said, two-point spreads all around, favored by two points in this one pass it over to you talk to me about the away team let's get to some Suns action
1: and and phoenix I mean, if there was ever a uh, embodiment of man on a mission that's been pretty much chris paul who as far as i mean his salary is concerned he's been absolutely smashing it so he's probably going to be 100 percent owned for me throughout this late every single lineup i've made has had him in there and i mean why not the dude's dropping 49 50 52 dk points in his three games and really the only reason his salary was down is because he couldn't get up a shot in that first series with that shoulder obviously looks to be completely fine. Now Has hit double digit assists in four of his last five games as well. And just continues to be the engine that drives this Phoenix Suns team forward. And for a team that's looking to make history, get themselves back into a place they haven't been for over 20 years at this point. In fact, what 93, I believe is the last time. Oh no, sorry, 2007. They made the conference finals, but beyond that just been a long, long time since the Phoenix Suns have been relevant. So for them, I think this game is incredibly important. They want Chris Paul to have as much rest as possible going into a conference final series. They don't want him to play a deep series going in. So I believe Phoenix is going to go all out to be able to go and get this game. Which means Chris Paul, Devin Booker, these guys are going to be absolutely going off. And Chris Paul is my preferred guy over Devin Booker. One, because of the, sl- the price. But secondly, just because of how Chris Paul has found himself more and more involved. Not only in the shot making, but just getting... Far, far more engaged as far as the assists are concerned as well. So just a great spot to be able to get him. But there are a couple of good guys as far as kind of mid-tier value for the Phoenix Suns. And we've spoken at length about Jay Crowder up till now. That continues to be that solid guy that you can get to round out your lineup at 4,600. He's going to hit you that value pretty much every game. He's been sitting at about that 25 DK points for essentially the whole playoffs. He had a couple of bigger games in that LA series. But you pretty much know what you're going to get from him. So... If you are pretty much looking to round out the lineup out there, make sure a guy who isn't going to destroy you, likely going to hit value. That's a good spot. Uh, the other spot where I may go a little contrarian now. Obviously, Mikhail Bridges had the game of his life in Game One. Hasn't been doing as much since. But again, at 5,200, getting the minutes, his shot attempts continue to be pretty regular at around that kind of 10 to 12 area. So if he can hit you know 40 to 50% of those ones, which he has been shooting quite well kind of sprinkled in with those steals that he'll always get you, could be a good spot to be a little bit contrarian. And uh, one spot, though, that I am looking to kind of avoid, as much as I've been hyping up DeAndre Ayton all the way through as far as these playoffs are concerned, I just kind of have this thing about tonight I feel like uh, Jokic is out there to play for pride, and even though DeAyton's been hitting around that 33, 34 points he doesn't have that massive upside tonight that I feel that otherwise will be there. So... Probably be the one spot that I ended up fading. Might end up biting me, but it just seems like kind of how things have been working out for me.
0: One thing I've noticed with DeAndre Ayton specifically in the series is he's doing his best defensively. And I think he even came out and he said, guys, I know you're looking at that stat line. And he's like, (laughs) kind of did like the Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly. Like, I promise you, I tried. Uh, We tried. We did everything. We tried. Uh, But he's not challenging as much defensively. And I think a lot of it's just because they need him on the floor. And they are trying to limit his foul. So if he were to sit there and challenge every, you know, Jokic shot, this dude wouldn't make it through the second quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. He'd find himself in foul trouble very early. So you kind of see him playing a little bit more Now, I wouldn't say timid, uh, but cautious. It was because once once he's off the floor, Jokic is going to be able to have free reign on anybody he wants, and he's still doing that even with Aiton. But it's not going to be any uh, any better without Aiton. Uh, when you throw guys like Kaminsky and Saric out there, it, you know it'll be it'll be dangerous. So. I'm noticing that, and you know, I'm not saying he's a guy I target because of his defensive ability, but you know, taking away a steal and a block—that's that's pretty big from this guy's value. So I'm with you. I still think he's a very, very good option. But when you have Brook Lopez down there, or you can just go spend up on Jokic in a game that it you know, feels like it's a pretty must win for him. Uh, I. I feel like I go with the other options over him, but still a very, very good option. I love Chris Paul. I'm going to make sure I get some shares of Chris Paul. Prefer him over Booker. And to be honest, I don't see myself having any shares of Booker. Eighty-one hundred. is a good price tag for him. Don't get me wrong. I just prefer to either spend down on Middleton. I, I mean, I think him and Holiday have uh, pretty similar floors in this matchup, and Holiday's even much cheaper. So, I think I'd probably opt to go with those other guys over over a guy like Devin Booker. For me, it's going to be Jay Crowder. It's going to be Chris Paul. And if I needed to take a dumpster dive stab at somebody, it might be somebody like Cam Johnson who can get hot from three, who's pretty cheap and has been playing a consistent role right around 20 or 18 minutes. Nothing crazy, but you know, that's the thing when you're looking at contrarian lineups and GPPs on two game slates. You need that guy that's you know, probably playing 18 to 20 minutes who can get you that 25 or something. I think we saw Paul Millsap a few days ago be that guy for a lot of people in GPP. So that's it for me. That's all I'm really looking at on this Suns team. I got some interest on the Nuggets, but I'm picking my spots, man, and uh, I'm, you know I got I got to cross some guys out of the player pool. It doesn't feel good crossing Booker off and you know crossing Kyrie off in the earlier games, but I'm doing it. Uh, I got to take a stand somewhere, and that's where I'm doing it. So I'll pass it over to you. We'll slide over to this Nuggets team. I got a lot of interest in it, but I know you were talking about the Joker, the Joker, the Jokic. I kind of mixed that up. Um, give me your thoughts. Are you playing him? Do you prefer him over guys like you know Durant
1: and Giannis? uh so for me, I have been playing him. On the other hand, I actually have found myself not having nearly as much Giannis as I thought. I may have to readjust some lineups to see what it is, but it's pretty much been between Durant and Jokic for me as far as my studs are concerned with regards to the lineups. Now, of course, I mean, Jokic is just one of those where, look, the dude dropped a 30-20-10 in the last game, went ahead and became the third guy ever in NBA history to go ahead and do that. And for a game where, look, it's 3-0 down, you're playing at home, you're playing for the absolute amount of pride here that you don't want to get swept out in a series where frankly should have been far more competitive than it is i feel like that michael porter jr kind of injury his back has has stiffened up to a point where it's clear that he is hobbled and that's also one of the reasons why i'm able to kind of go ahead and fade him even though his price tag is otherwise really really enticing at 6,300. he just hasn't looked right to me this entire series but with the Jokic factor over there at 10 6 100 worth it for that price tag over there you know he's going to get Nothing less than 50. He just hasn't hit throughout this playoffs. He's only had one game that was a blowout in which he had 28. And, I mean, that was way back in the first series. Don't count any of that. He's going to get you 5x value at that price tag. And it's all about whether he can be that next step again, as he did last game, to try and hopefully extend the series a little bit further. And, frankly, on a personal level, I'm hoping that's the case because I don't think they deserve to get swept. But, on the other hand, that has kind of brought in some of those guards in for the uh, for the Denver Nuggets. And it's almost been like a a circus in terms of how they are going about rotating it. But I think they're finally figuring out that, look, as much as Campazo can do a lot as far as kind of getting under your skin, getting in there, he's just not going to be that kind of offensive factor that you're going to need at this point. And I'm glad they're going back to Monte Morris now. He finally got his minutes back to some sort of normalcy in the previous game. 30 minutes there, dropped 32 DK points as expected. He's pretty much been their second-best player throughout this playoff, so it was kind of a surprise when he was limited as much as he was in the first uh, two games there in the Phoenix series. So back to normal for him at at 5,300, a great spot for me to be able to get him. And the other place that I've been surprised as far as his health is concerned and how good he has looked has been Will Barton. 100% had been out for a long period of time there, but really, even in that first game where he only played 16 minutes, his spring looked good. He was able to get himself into the spots that is usually there and and Will Barton's at his best when he's kind of being crazy and innovative as far as the offense is concerned. So got himself up to 28 minutes in the last game and I expect him to be around that same minute count of this game as well because they're going to need as much offense as possible if MPJ is not doing nearly as much as we expected. Same with Aaron Gordon who's been kind of a complete and utter no-show in the second series. So it's just one of those where... Aaron Gordon at 4,900, he should be a great value. He should be hitting his value consistently at that. The minutes are there. The shot attempts are there. But he's just hasn't been able to get it going. Will this be the game he finally does it? I'm going to probably have a little bit of contrarian uh, exposure to him to try to see if that's the case. But kind of my main guys, as far as Denver's concerned, has turned around to be Jokic, Barton, and Morris. And that's kind of just been where my lineups have uh, find themselves going towards.
0: I can't fault you there, man. You you basically said exactly what I was going to touch on, and the players I was going to touch on. I got a ton of interest in Jokic, got a ton of interest in Barton, and I got some my new interest in Monte Morris. Those are the three guys I'm really looking at on this team. And then I guess if I needed the dumpster guy, dive guy on this team, it would be someone like, you know, uh, I, I don't I don't want to call him a dumpster dive, but Composo is a good GPP pivot, very similar to that Mike James thing. People kind of box score chase, and they see Monte Morris getting the minutes and you know, Composo not getting the minutes, and mm. that very well could be the way it goes uh, forward. You know, I wouldn't doubt it. I think that they played a little bit better with that rotation, especially with Barton coming in there, playing a little bit of the two as well, and some of the three allows Morris to kind of play primarily that point guard instead of play off-guard shooting guard as well, uh, off-ball shooting guard, excuse me. But for all those reasons, you know, I, I could see taking stabs at him in GPPs. I don't feel crazy confident in Composo, but— Very similar. Just I expect the ownership to be down on him and he can easily get it done, especially with the steals. So I do like some Capazzo as well. But those are the, those are, I guess, the four guys I'm looking at mostly. Probably won't be taking too many stabs at Michael Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, you touched on it. Looks terrible, man. Uh, Just doesn't look like he's comfortable. Doesn't look, he he just looks like he's playing out of position. Very similar to when he first started playing with the Magic and they're like, hey, yeah, uh, we got this guy named Jonathan Isaac. We need you to play small forward. And he just wasn't comfortable. He's playing very out of position. And you could tell. So I, I, don't, I won't be going to that anytime soon. Michael Porter Jr., you could get shares of. We know that this dude's lightning in a bottle, and he could be a walking 35 to 40-point type guy, and at that price tag of 6300 that's just too cheap. With all that being said, uh, you could tell that he's laboring through some of this back pain right now. Uh, it's very evident when you're watching his play. I think it was like two games ago. You could tell he just didn't look, just didn't look right, looked a little off, um, looked a little bit better in that last one, but still. You know, you're you're not paying a premium for an injured guy. That's the difference. You're paying. You're getting the discount because he's hurt and he's playing bad. So he could have a great game. And I'm not going to I'm not going to cross him off my player pool just yet. But that's uh, that's pretty much it, man. That rides us home. That brings us home. That's both games. That's that's our players. So we're going to go through our player tier now. Uh, Touch on some of our favorite guys based on the tiers. I'll let you start. I'll let you get the expensive guy. Who are you going with?
1: Yeah, and similar to what I was speaking about earlier, it's just kind of between those two guys for me, and I'm going to go ahead and pip my hat towards Nikola Jokic just because it's just in one of those scenarios where the Brooklyn Nets, where I would otherwise go with Durant, are not in as much of the kind of hole that the Denver Nuggets are in. They absolutely need everything that they can get from Nikola Jokic. Obviously, just got his MVP there. It's just a lot of pride to be able to play for. I don't believe they should get swept. 78 DK points in the last game, 30-20-10. Obviously may not hit those same kind of heights there, but I don't expect him to just go away riding into this horizon quietly. I expect a big game out of him.
0: Absolutely. I'm worth there with you. I think I, I touched on it. I absolutely love Jokic. Anytime you get a superstar MVP type guy like that in a must-win game, you've got to expect he's going to play 40-plus and, and leave it all out on the court. So uh, that's probably how I'm starting a lot of my lineups. I'm just going to find a way to get Jokic and Giannis and then spend down in other spots. But yeah, I'm rolling Giannis. I touched on it, played 44 minutes in the last one. Anytime Giannis is playing 40 plus, he just feels like he's a must play for me. So hopefully he gets those minutes again. I assume that he will. And I will have a ton of Giannis. So mid-tier, I think I already know who you're going with. Probably my guy's counterpart, but I'll let you say it anyway.
1: (laughs) Well, see, I would have otherwise said Chris Paul and made it easy. But I just have to stick with my Chris Middleton pick all the way through. He's just showing up in pretty much every single one of my lineups and just a perfect spot for him, a perfect price for him, and a small forward spot, which if I'm not going with the uh, the Kevin Durant one, he's kind of pretty much been the automatic fill-in with regards to that. So, just so much upside for his price tag. As we said, so much better at home as well compared to away. He's had his two monster games so far in the playoffs there as well. And if they're going to go ahead and have any chance in this series, they absolutely have to take this game. I expect it to be very similar to how the last game was. Physical, gritty, grindy, grimy all the way through. Won't be as high scoring as the total suggests, in my opinion. And that's going to come at the base of Giannis and Chris Middleton having to do the bulk of the offense. So go with Chris Middleton as my mid-tier guy.
0: Can't fault you. And I'll go to the other spot. I'll go Chris Paul. Uh, it may be life easy. I know if you picked one of those guys, I would just take the other. But not much needs to be said. Chris Paul is pretty much averaging almost 50 DK points in this series. Far too underpriced. You imagine they just want to put the stamp of approval, get out of here pretty early. Uh, the one the one caveat is, is uh, you know, I don't think the Nuggets pack it in if it ends up being like a 20-point game in the third quarter regardless. But that might hurt Chris Paul. Somebody that was playing through injury coming into the series. Probably still playing through it slightly, although he's playing phenomenal. That part of me still thinks that Chris Paul is always playing through an injury. But we'll go through the value tier now. Anything under 5K? Give you first crack. I have an idea of where you're going to go with this, but let me see if I'm right. I'll let you say it
1: well much like uh, he likes to throw a cigarette away every time he hits a three i think you've got it right on the money there uh brooke lopez 100 is my main guy as far as the value tier is concerned obviously as the slates go on as the playoffs get further it just gets more and more shrinked as far as the value side's concerned but brooke lopez continues to be an absolute anchor as far as his uh, price is concerned he just i don't know why he just keeps sitting in that mid four always uh either gets to it above it or right below it but he kind of just sits in that 5x value consistently so if you're looking for that guy who's just going to be smash chalk essentially at that price brooke lopez is about as far as you want to go
0: all righty can't fault you there he was the he was definitely the guy that i had as well uh but we'll go to under 5k so i can't say will barton so we'll go jay crowder at 4600 again just consistency just a lot like Brooke Lopez, a guy that's priced appropriately, but has been paying off that price tag pretty much on a nightly basis. And if he doesn't, he's never off by too far. He's maybe a point or two away from it. And we know he still has some 30 to 35 point upside in there as well, baked in. So I'm I'm going to go with some Jay Crowder right there. So that is our value tiers. That brings us home. That takes us there. So thank you guys for listening. If you have a moment and you like to follow us on Twitter. You know where to find me, at Mike Patra. M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Harris, let the good people know where they can find you.
1: Absolutely. You find me on Twitter at at H-A-K underscore devil, D-E-V-I-L. Don't hate on the name. It's been my gamer tag for like 20 years now, but <laughs> go ahead and find me on there. Always coming up with uh, big tweets, big uh, big picks on there. So definitely don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions about anything basketball-related.
0: Well, now that you said it's your gamer tag. You, you I, I joked. Uh, I joked with Matt last night. He dropped his his DK username, and I was like, "All right, buddy, expect the expect the challenge invites to start coming through your coming through your inbox." Because I made that mistake, and it happened, man. I'm expecting you to start to get some challenges on Xbox. And now I'm going to ask you, what games do you play?
1: Uh, I mean, throughout this lockdown, it's pretty much been a lot of Warzone. <laughs> it's just kind of been our go-to as far as the friend circle is concerned. But outside of that. I love myself some Halo, I love myself some Pez instead of FIFA, I'm not a FIFA guy, I played Pro Evo instead, so that's been the other spot, and uh, otherwise just a big fan of a lot of single player games, Ratchet and Clank just came out this last weekend, so that's pretty much been what I've been playing for the last couple of days, excited to go ahead and get that finished today as well, so lots and lots of fun there, Uh, yeah, get on.
0: (laughs) I like it man, I like it, I mean you just said a couple games that I keep in my arsenal and now I'm asking myself, why haven't we played yet? There so that go. might maybe we have to look into that maybe some point today or some point this week coming up, we might have to jump on a game because funny you said Halo. I downloaded that not too long ago. I used to play two and three. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw back near Nerd Years here when I was a kid, 18-17. Yeah. I was actually a professional gamer before it was cool, man. Okay. Uh, before these guys started getting paid millions of dollars. You know, me and me and a couple kids from my town, we were pretty good. We won a couple, we won MLG tournaments a couple times. We won Nintendo Wii's. That was first price for winning the biggest tournament in video <laughs> games when I was 18 years old. It was a gift card to Toys R Us and a Nintendo Wii. And now these kids are just retiring when they win and build a house in Fortnite. And I, I missed the boat on that one, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, I made a new name for Halo. And get this, man. I was pretty proud of it when I did it. I was, I was pretty ecstatic. And now I get a bunch of hate. Uh, in my in my Xbox inbox it's called it's Mr. Doncic that's my gamer tag uh, <laughs> when I when I play Halo and now I get Mavs Mavs stink Mavs blow how's that Clipper series uh, I get that sent to my inbox on Xbox so not only do I get it on Twitter I uh, I I asked for it though I invited it in there by making that my gamer tag but we'll get on there we'll play if anybody else wants to ever play with me hit me up on there too I'm pretty uh pretty nerdy I like to I like to dedicate a lot of time to Xbox when I have it but I just don't have a lot of time so that's it. That rounds us out, man. Good talk. Good show. Really looking forward to this slate. Really looking forward to maybe challenging some listeners in some Xbox too, or some. I don't have PlayStation. I don't. I don't computer game. I'm, I'm an old man when it comes to that kind of stuff. Kids would run circles around me, and they still do. But anything else you wanna you wanna leave us with before we get out of here?
1: I don't know. Just, I mean, outside of uh, waiting for the rest of the playoffs to start at today at three, I'll be going to watch the England Croatia game right now, which is about nearing halftime at the moment. So. For those who are into Euros, lots of good games to happen today. So don't miss out on that. It's just been a good time for sports. I'm excited.
0: Absolutely. I'm right there with you, buddy. Thank you guys for listening. Everybody, enjoy your Sunday. We'll catch you tomorrow. I'll be on again. You'll catch me in the morning on your way to work, on your commute. Thank you, guys. Let's go out there. Let's crush some GPPs and take down some money.